What's up, Investivas and Divos? Today, we want to go through the five steps to start investing in bonds for absolute beginners. We have Joseph Hope from Let's Talk Money YouTube channel and the author of Step by Step Bond Investing to talk about bonds. And to be honest, I was a little bit skeptical at the beginning about this whole bonds thing. Like, why invest in bonds when you can get so much better returns in the stock market and in cryptocurrency market? And even if you do want to expose your portfolio to bonds, for risk management purposes, which bonds should we go after? There's so many commissions involved and it's kind of complicated. At least it sounds complicated. So we had questions and Joseph had answers. It's almost like an investing strategy as well. And this is why even younger people, younger investors are going to need some bond exposure. A lot of people, especially retirees, will use the, the cash flow from their bonds to pay their bills. A lot will use dividend payments to pay their bills. So when interest rates are rising, you do want some shorter term bonds because those shorter term bonds don't move quite as much as, you know, as interest rates move because it's your, your money is locked into those bonds for a shorter period. My name is Kenneth Daniel. I'm a best-selling author and the founder of the Investiva movement where we are working to help 1 million moms take control of their financial future and create generational wealth. So if you're new here and you want to join the movement, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, smash that like button as well to help us with the YouTube algorithm. And now let's go say hi to Joseph Hogue. Bowtie Nation, it's an honor to have you here on the Investiva Movement. And today we're going to talk about bonds. I have your book over here, Bond Invest, Step by Step Bond Investing for Beginners. And I know a lot of people are lazy and they, they don't even want to <laughs> read a book as thin as this one. So could you please break it down for us, the five steps to start investing in bonds for beginners? Sure. Well, thanks for having me here, Kiana. Appreciate it. Love to help. And really, you know, within the five steps, it's really just about understanding what bonds are, how they work, and why every investor needs bonds in their portfolio. You know, really the actual step to investing is surprisingly easy because most investors can get everything they need with a bond fund. So basically you just buy an ETF, an exchange traded fund that holds thousands of bonds within it. And that gives you everything you need. And those are traded just like stocks. So it's just like buying an ordinary stock. You get all the bond exposure you need and a lot of the pros and the benefits that we'll talk about uh, here in the video. So that actually was my first question is I identify myself as a more medium to higher risk investor and typically gravitated towards investments that have higher returns. I'm like, okay, I'm younger. You know, I have time on my hand. Why would I, I mean, I know every financial advisor would say you need to have bonds in your portfolio. I kind of feel like I agree. If you have really low risk tolerance, you want to go that way, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Like why not, why not just invest in tech stocks where we know that that could actually be the future. They're going to be here to stay and go with bonds that have definitely lower rate of return and they're just safe. If you're exposing yourself, why like expose yourself to like such low return? 
Sure, sure. Well, you know, after last year, after the last couple of years we've had, you would have to be a fool to to invest in bonds, right? You know, even for old timers like myself that maybe have a, a little less lower risk tolerance, why invest in something that's going to make you maybe three to five percent a year when you could buy Tesla and get you know five times, well, fifty times that, a six hundred percent return in a year, right? Uh, well, but there are reasons why every investor does need bonds. Okay, so one is just uh, that stability and cash flow, and yes. That does increase as you get older. You're going to need a lot of uh, retirees and, and people close to retirement just want to make sure that their money is going to be there when they uh, when they need it, right? Uh, bonds, especially uh, treasury bonds, government bonds, and those highly rated corporate bonds, those that are issued by companies, huge financially secure companies like Apple, like IBM and Microsoft, uh, they have default rates of less than a percent, right? So pretty much negligible. You know you're going to get your money back and your interest payments on these bonds. It's almost a guarantee, right? And many of these are rated higher than the US government. They're rated AAA, you know, by the credit rating agencies. So just that kind of stability and security in your money is a big important one, but also kind of it's almost like an investing strategy as well. And this is why even younger people, younger investors are going to need some bond exposure. And when I say that, you know, we might be talking about as little as maybe 10% of your portfolio in bonds. So if you've got a thousand dollar portfolio, maybe you only have a hundred dollars in bonds, but you do need something. And it's really to take advantage of those price, those, those opportunities in stocks when we do get them. And we do get them even in an amazing bull market like we've had over the last couple of years. If you just look at a chart of you know bond funds, so take the uh, the BLV maybe, which is the Vanguard Long Term Bond Fund, holds uh, thousands of bonds and corporate bonds, pays right around a three to five percent annual rate of return. And if you just compare that against stocks, you'll see that bond fund is pretty much just steadily increasing uh, all the time. Whereas stocks last year we had a thirty five percent sell off in three weeks. This year, just this year in 2021, we had about a 12% sell-off in the NASDAQ stocks and even more in some of those high-growth tech stocks like Tesla, like the ARK Disruptive Fund that saw 30% losses. So what happens is if you do have some money in bonds here, then you can take advantage of those higher, lower prices. You know, Those bond funds are going to maintain your portfolio. They're going to keep that money safe. And then when you see those stocks coming down, you can take some of that money out of bonds and put them into the stocks. So it's just a great opportunity to take advantage of some of those sell-offs. As if we're like complete beginners, like what are bonds even? Sure. How are they even different than the stocks? Sure. Well, uh, so unlike stocks, uh, stocks are an ownership of the company. You are actually an owner of Tesla or Apple or Microsoft, and you own right to any of the future cash flows. Now, when companies are trying to raise money to pay for their growth, they can either sell part of the ownership or they can just get a loan. Like anyone would get a loan to buy a house or, or to start their own business. Uh, they can get a loan, uh, which is basically those bonds, right? So, so these loans are you know, anywhere from five to 10 to 30 years. Some bonds are even up to 99 years. And, and what happens is they borrow this money. They give you a bond. Usually each bond is worth about $1,000. And twice a year, until that bond expires, until that loan matures or expires, they sent, they pay back the interest on it and only the interest. So twice a year, you're going to get the interest payments on those bonds, on those investments. And then at the end of that bond, you're going to get that money back. So is it kind of like getting a dividend payment? It is. It is. And a lot of people use, you know, kind of use, use the two as interchangeable almost. 
A lot of people, especially retirees, will use the, the cash flow from their bonds to pay their bills. A lot will use dividend payments to pay their bills. Uh, in fact, one of the most popular topics on my channel on Let's Talk Money is most monthly dividend stocks. And in fact, I did a, a video yesterday that was one of the most popular on the channel, was monthly dividend stocks that a lot of times are kind of used as an alternative to bonds uh, because they do pay a little bit higher interest rate or, or a little bit higher yield on them. But, uh, but yeah, uh, bonds really because of that safety, you can really count on them to be able to send you almost the same amount every single, you know, twice a year, which you can, of course, divvy out into your monthly monthly payments. And I can see the guarantee over here is that unlike any other dividend stock, there is almost no chance of the bond's value like going to zero. Sure, sure. Like yeah, that, right? like I said, a lot of these companies, especially the the very safe companies, the uh, the municipal bonds, the government bonds, they have a default rate under one percent. So that means less than one bond out of a hundred are going to are, are going to default, right? And if they don't default, then they pay back, you know, exactly what they say they're going to pay back those in that fixed interest rate and the value of the bond. Whereas stocks, you know, they're uh, you might make more money, you might make more dividends but it's not a guarantee. It's very much uh, more uncertain, right? The value of the stock can go down, the value of the, the dividend payments can go down, and you never quite know, uh, you know how much you're going to be getting from those. Thank you for that. And before we get into the five steps to actually get started with the bonds, I want to get another question out. So sure. all the interest uh, payments that you get paid twice a year, that is considered capital gains, right? So we would have to pay taxes on those, right? Sure, sure. And those are uh, taxed as income. A lot of times it works differently with different tax regimes, but which is a lot of times why I say with your bonds, unless you're taking that cash out actively and using that to pay your bills, uh, you're going to want those in retirement accounts, in non-taxable or tax deferred accounts, really. So you don't have to pay taxes on that income. And that goes for dividend paying stocks as well. Basically you want it when you're maxing out your IRA or your Roth, or any retirement account contributions each year, you want to uh, you want to invest in your highest yielding and your bond investments in those first before you start you know invest in a regular taxable account because you are going to have to pay pay interest every year on that or taxes every year on that. Or if you're creating an account for your children, it's tax deferred. That would be in sure. Yep. Any kind of 401ks, uh, any kind of IRAs. Now, the one exception there is, and this works very well for the, you know, the higher income folks out there is municipal bonds. You know, those are bonds issued by your local governments, you know, your local bonds there. And those are tax-free on the federal level and usually on the state level as well. So a little bit lower interest rate sometimes, but uh, but since you're saving it and for the higher tax, you know, for the higher income people that are paying maybe, you know, 27% or 30% on their, their income, then those can actually be a better deal since you're not paying taxes on those interest payments. Amazing. Thank you. So let's get started. How can we go get our hands on bonds? <laughs> Joe, please sure. take the stage. Well, you know what? The truth of it is for the majority of people, just these ETFs, these exchange traded funds are really the best route to go. Now you can invest in individual bonds, which is so buying these, these bonds directly from the company through a broker and through your online investing platform. Uh, but the commissions tend to be a lot higher, right? The commissions can tend to be you know, between three to 5% a lot of times of the value of these bonds. So unless you, uh, and for anyone buying individual bonds, of course, just like that idea of diversification in stocks, where you want stocks from different industries, different sectors, different types of companies to really balance out and reduce the risk of any one company failing, 
you also want to do that with your bonds, right? So you're going to want bonds from, from different companies, from different uh, sectors of the economy, things like that. So if you're buying individual bonds, you're going to need, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 or 25 individual bonds. And obviously that can get expensive if you're paying commission on it and bond fees and things like that. So for anyone, usually anyone with less than maybe a hundred, $150,000 to invest solely in that bond portion of their portfolio, your best bet is just to go with these ETFs, these exchange traded funds. They trade just like stocks. So you can buy them really uh, commission free on a lot of platforms or, you know, maybe $5, uh, you know, per trade at the most on, on others and just buy those, you know, those are going to hold, those funds are going to hold thousands of these bonds. A lot of times in different, uh, you know, in different industries and in different sectors, different types of the bonds. So they're going to be automatically diversified and you really get a lot of your bond exposure through those. So a couple that I would recommend would be some of the, the longer term, the, the corporate bonds, uh, which uh, again, Vanguard is a great, you know, a great provider of funds. Uh, they have the BLV, which is the Vanguard long-term bond fund. And that invests in long-term corporate bonds, right? These bonds issued by these very safe corporations. Uh, and then they have the BSV, right? Is Which is going to be a shorter term bonds. And that's probably something we should talk about how interest rates affect bond prices and, and you know yields and things like that. Because what you'll notice is, especially right now, as interest rates are going up, then bond prices come down, right? And it's just because of the trade-off there between the interest rate you get on those older bonds, those fixed interest rate payments, and what you can get currently, right? So if interest rates go up in the market, then all those bonds you were holding, they're still paying out the exact same amount. You always get that guaranteed interest rate as well as your money back, you know, when the bond matures. But, you know, for new investors, they can get a higher interest rate in the market. So for those investors trying to sell their bonds, they're going to have to hire, offer a higher interest rate, you know, on those or a lower price. Well, since the interest rate doesn't move, they have to offer a lower price. So when interest rates are rising, you do want some shorter term bonds because those shorter term bonds don't move quite as much as, you know, as interest rates move because it's your, your money is locked into those bonds for a shorter period. But you also want some of those longer term bonds because they just pay more, right? Uh, if you're going to lock your money up into these loans to companies for longer, they're obviously going to offer you a higher interest rate, a higher rate of return. So it's really kind of a trade-off. And I would say just uh, for most investors, just balance it instead of trying to time the market, right? Instead of trying to say, okay, interest rates are going to be going up. So I want shorter term bonds instead of longer term bonds. No, just divvy it up. You know, maybe, maybe a third of your money in bonds is in shorter term bonds. So that BSV, that Vanguard short-term bond fund, and another third is in, you know, longer term bonds. So that BLV. Uh, bond fund. And then another third, maybe you have in emerging market debt, which maybe is bonds to emerging market governments uh, in Latin America, Asia, Europe, that kind of thing, which are going to offer higher interest rates as well. Amazing. So I'm, I know that you just mentioned that you don't want to time the market, but when the bonds prices are going lower, it is a better time to actually purchase it, isn't it? Oh, certainly. Certainly. And a lot of investors, especially a lot of large institutional investors that that is pension funds, insurance funds that really need that safety and security. They are really, you know, getting their money back into bonds right now. They've had it in stocks just because the interest rates were so low. They weren't earning any money on bonds anyway, or fixed income investments. So they had their money in stocks and now they are transitioning back into bonds because, because as that interest rate increases, then, then yeah, they're locked. They're able to lock their money in for 10 or, or 30 years at that interest rate. So you know, we just currently had the uh, the thirty year U.S. Treasury bond up around three percent. 
corporate bonds, you know, those super safe AAA rated corporates are offering three, four, 5% even. So yeah, it's a great time as interest rates increase to, uh, to really be able to lock in that money. And do you see an inverse correlation between bonds and stocks? You know, it's supposed to be a little bit more negatively correlated, obviously, just by a function of uh, when stocks are, are falling, that's because risk is going up and generally, and the economy is generally doing worse. So interest rates are generally coming down during that period or when, when stocks fall. And of course, if interest rates are coming down, then bond prices are going up. So, so generally you do see that correlation. Now they're over the past five years, the, the correlation has actually started to converge a little bit closer to, uh, you know, a little bit more positive, which, which obviously is a problem for people that are trying to kind of balance that risk in their portfolio. But yeah, there is that element of, of safety that you get from, you know, when stocks go up, bonds come down, when stocks come down, bonds go up. So you can kind of level off the uh, the risk in your portfolio, which, which is a great thing, especially for people getting a little bit closer to retirement. Anyone within you know within ten years to retirement, you cannot afford a stock market sell off. And I think we've been just a little bit spoiled over the last year with that stock market crash we had in twenty twenty, down thirty five percent within about five or six weeks, but it rebounded eighty percent within that year. That's not normal. You know, if you look back at, at some of the other stock market crashes in 2008, 2001, 2000, it took years for stocks to get back up to that level. In fact, the, the tech heavy NASDAQ index after 2000 didn't get back up to that point until really, I think it was like 2012, 2014, right? So it took more than a decade for stock prices to get back up to that level, right? So if you've got less than 10 or even 15 years until you're going to be needing that money in your portfolio, you can't afford to have all of it in stocks. You really do need more bond exposure to keep your money safe and, and have it there when you need it. Yeah, so it is interesting that things are changing. And I, I keep wondering, is it because more people are investing thanks to people like you and myself who are encouraging more and more people to invest? So correlations are changing. You know, Gold used to be kind of negative correlation to the stock market. People are like, things are changing. Bitcoin used to be that. Everything is changing so much. And yet we're like collapsing timeframes, like people, markets crash and go back and things are going really crazy. And I wonder if we're ever going to go back the traditional way of things, or is this going to be the new tradition? Is this going to be like, but this timeframe is going to be the new tradition. But again, so if you don't have time on your hands, Joseph is saying, and I absolutely agree with you, is that time is the essence in long-term investing. And if you don't have that, then you probably don't want to take the risk of figuring it out. Okay, where is the market is going to go? Is this a new tradition? Are we, everything that goes down is going to come up immediately or not? Then yeah, I'm kind of getting sold into bonds. Maybe I will add that to my dad's portfolio because right now sure. I think I'm taking a little bit of too much risk for my dad's yes. portfolio. <laughs> He's sure. 80. He's happy about the gains. That was very, very educational. Thank you so much, Joseph, sure. for your time. And you guys, I'm now not nervous about bonds anymore because every time anyone was asking about bonds, like, I don't know, don't ask me about bonds, but it looks like it's actually super easy. You can just go ahead and buy an ETF that holds the bonds and call it a day and say bye-bye. And you can trade it on any broker. You don't have to have a special magic brokerage account for bonds as your broker. I did not know that. Thank you so much for that, Joseph. And thank sure. you guys. If you find this video informative, if you think that was amazing and you want to pass it along to somebody else, you could also go and invest in bonds as easily as you are going to right now. 
share it, share away. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Investiva Movement. We have a tradition here. Uh, we ask for a silly face from our guests. So three, two, one. A silly face. <laughs> that's a scared face. That, that, yeah, that's just... That's... <laughs> I, you never know how silly to go, right? Uh, okay, so if we, we want to try that again, we'll go. We'll go. Oh, that's silly. All right, that's good. I love okay. it. My daughter is gonna appreciate that. <laughs>